Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Building Through Him podcast. My name is Mary Jo Parrish. I'm the founder of Kingdom Builders. In this episode, we are going to be discussing Lord, teach us how to pray. And I always like to start with some funny stories because we need more joy and laughter in our life. So my one son was working out at the Y and he came home and he was like, Mom, you are not even going to believe how much these women at the Y can squat. Like they can lift so much. And these aren't like regular women. These are big women. Like they can lift a lot. And he's like going on. I'm like, oh, okay. And he's like, mom, I don't think you really understand. Like these women are your size. It's like, uh, thanks a lot, buddy. Uh, anyway, another little comment from one of my little sons. He was sitting on my belly. We we're laying on the floor. He was sitting on my belly and my shirt came up a little bit and he noticed the stretch marks. I've given birth to lots of children. So he said, what happened to your belly, mom? And I said, a lot of babies grew in there. And he said, who? Which babies? And so he starts naming off all these random people, which are not even my children. And I'm like, no, no. And finally, he gets to some that are my children. I'm like, yep, yep. And then he was like, oh, I know who it, I know who it is. And I was like, who? He's like, Josh. And Josh is like our son-in-law who's 6'4". I'm like, of course you think it's Josh that's in my belly. And then he said, no, 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 not Josh. I'm like, all right, who was in there? And he's like, Wolverine. And then when he come out, he scratch up all your skin so bad. And that's how come it looks so messed up. And I was like, oh, thank you. Um, <laughs> we just carry on and laugh. That was hilarious. It's like, good. He made sense of those stretch marks. All right, let's go ahead and pray. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, amen. My soul proclaims the greatness of the Lord. My spirit rejoices in God, my Savior, for he has looked upon his handmaid's lowliness. Behold, from now on, all ages will call me blessed. The mighty one has done great things for me, and holy is his name. His mercy is from age to age to those who fear him. He has shown might with his arm, dispersed the arrogant of mind and heart. He has thrown down the rulers from their thrones, but lifted up the lowly. The hungry he has filled with good things. The rich he has sent away empty. He has helped Israel his servant, remembering his mercy, according to his promise to our fathers, to Abraham, and to his descendants forever. Amen. Okay, so in Kingdom Builders, we always talk about um, building our foundation first. We pray for a minimum of 10 minutes every day. doesn't matter if our husbands are being crabby, if our kids are a mess, if you know, we're trying to apply for Medicare, for an upcoming surgery, doesn't matter. We have to get that 10 minutes of prayer in a day because we need the Lord to love on us for 10 minutes. Otherwise, we cannot work well and do His will without that 10 minutes. The second thing is we go to church on Sundays. That's a divine commandment, not a divine suggestion. And number three, we are staying in a state of grace. Any type of mortal sin that we're struggling with, we get to confession or we join a self-help group or we do individual therapy, but we need all the graces that the Lord wants to give us, and mortal sin blocks those. And so whatever you're struggling with, like there's healing available for you. So Lord teaches how to pray. So we know that as human beings, we um, are required certain things to actually survive, like shelter, food, water, those types of things. Supposedly, the human being can go three weeks without food. I'm not sure I could, but that's the statement. We can go three days without water, but when it comes to oxygen, how long can we go without oxygen? Not long, right? Padre Pio says, prayer is the oxygen of the soul. I love that. Prayer is the oxygen of the soul. And so as women, how often 
Are we putting on our oxygen masks to really breathe in the love of the Lord so that we can do everything he desires us to do? St. Teresa of Avila, she was a mystic, just a powerhouse of prayer, but she kind of explains prayer in different steps. When I heard this or read this, I was like, that is actually brilliant. And it gave me a lot of hope um, and inspiration. So she says the first part, when you're first starting to pray, it's like you're drawing water from a well. It's tedious, sometimes demoralizing. It's slow and it takes lots of effort. And so that's kind of the well. When you start to pray a little bit more, it does become a little bit easier. She compares this to like a water wheel. Um, my kids would not even know what a water wheel is. So the water wheel is like, remember, like Little House in the Prairie had like this water wheel. So, and for those of you who don't know Little House in the Prairie, I don't know, you have to look up water wheel. Water wheel, it's like moving the water through, but it needs to be built. It needs to be constructed, right? It's better than the well, but it does still take some effort. The next type of prayer, the next level of prayer is this stream. It's quiet and it slowly trickles in, okay? And the final and like the highest form of prayer is like a rain shower. It's just constant. This is the cool thing she said. No matter how deep your prayer is, it eventually becomes dry and you have to go back to the well. So I want you to think of the holiest person that you know, okay? That person has struggled with dryness in their prayer and has had to go back to the well and do lots more effort. And this is how the Lord continues to form us. We don't come to him just for consolation and inspiration. We come to him and pray, even when our prayer is dry and it takes much effort. It's like him teaching us slowly how to raise us up. So another thing St. Teresa of Avila said that really helped her in her prayer was, come Holy Spirit, come. So this is something I say a lot. I, like before we, I recorded this podcast, I said, come Holy Spirit, come. This deepened her prayer. You can do this um, before you pray. You can do this before you go to work. You can do this before you cook dinner. I actually do it before I like decide what to cook dinner. So I, I believe there's three things that you can't escape in this world, death taxes and cooking dinner, the dinner part. So I have to like pray, Lord, give me inspiration because it just feels like, I can't come up with anything good. So come Holy Spirit, come. He'll help you with that. He cares about those little things. If my teenagers need to have like a difficult conversation, come Holy Spirit, come. If I'm talking to someone who's really angry, come Holy Spirit, come. You know, always just inviting him to come in. Uh, St. Mother Teresa of Calcutta said, perfect prayer does not consist in many words, but in the fervor of the desire, which raises the heart to Jesus. So a lot of times we think it like has to be you know, perfect, or it needs to be this, it needs to be that. And that's actually just not true. You know, you just want to raise your heart to Jesus. St. Bernadette was out gathering firewood in Lourdes, France, and she was about to cross a stream. So she took off her shoes and she got one sock off. And then she heard this rustling and saw this beautiful lady in white and she was scared. And so she immediately went to her knees with the one sock on and one sock off and began to pray the rosary. And that ends up being, of course, Our Lady of Lords, but she didn't know it at the time. And I really relate to St. Bernadette with the one sock on and one sock off saying the rosary, because that is basically my prayer. It's imperfect and it's messy. So like 
when I'm praying hide and seek with my toddlers, I'll like hide behind a curtain and get a decade of the rosary in back there. When I'm cooking dinner, listening to praise and worship music, uh, driving, like as moms, even not as moms, like we're in the car a lot, period. That is a great time to be praying or listening to holy podcasts, things that are leading you to holiness. And remember that prayer doesn't have to be perfect. When Jesus died on the cross, he gave us this special gift. Most people aren't even aware that they have it, which is so sad because it's like, oh my gosh, it's so good. So this is from John chapter 19, verses 26 and 27. When Jesus saw his mother and the disciple whom he loved standing near, he said to his mother, woman, behold your son. Then he said to the disciple, behold your mother. So that's our special gift. That when Jesus gave Our Lady to John the Beloved, he gave her to all of us. Like, you think about Our Lady, she only was able to have one baby. You know, she just had Jesus. And I imagine for those of you who've longed for a child, you can kind of get her her desire just to have more children. And Jesus gives her that desire right there on the cross. Like, let me give you all of these children. So that's your mama, you know. And our mama Mary, she delights in cleaning up our prayer and giving it to the Father. So when the enemy, when Satan says, your prayer must be perfect in order to be pleasing to God, that's just a lie. It doesn't need to be perfect. It needs to be said. It's not another item on your to-do list. It's not. That's a trick of the enemy to make you think that. Your prayer is God's power being infused into you, which actually infuses you with the power in accomplishing the to-do list. And so like some people will actually be like, oh my gosh, I'm so distracted in prayer, this and this and that. And I, I have ADD. I totally get that. And someone kind of explained this to me. If you just think of prayer as taking the time to allow God to love you, you're taking the time to allow God to love you. Um, like a four-year-old just sitting on their daddy's lap, like God the Father's lap, and the four-year-old's just resting there and God's loving them, right? And if you're thinking about what you're going to make for dinner while you're sitting in the Father's lap, is he still loving you? Yes, he is. If you're thinking about your jeans being too tight because you gained some weight, is the Father still loving you? Yes, he is. So even if you're distracted, God can work with that. God's love is God's power. God's love is God's power, and he wants us to have that power. And us spending that time with him, a minimum of 10 minutes every day, allows us access to that power. He just infuses us with it. So another thing that helps if you get distracted easily when you're praying is, um, I love to pray the rosary, is images. So if you go to YouTube and type in rosary, there's lots of rosaries with images. Kingdom Builders does have their own rosary. That's on our website, buildingthroughhim.com. Images help me stay focused. Another trick that someone taught me is to insert someone's name um, while you're saying the Hail Mary. So Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for Father Jonathan, now and at the hour of his death, amen. So whoever you're praying for, I like to section off people with decades. So this decade's for Father Jonathan, this decade's for my son, Logan, you know, like, so that it makes it easier. And when you're conscious about whose name you're putting in there, it's not just repetitive, it makes it feel much more powerful and it's easier to not be distracted. Another tip that I have is visualization. So the Lord gave us an imagination. So sometimes this takes a little bit to develop, 
visualize yourself with Jesus and the rosary. Uh, you can visualize uh, the person that you're praying for with Jesus and the rosary. During my undergrad, it was Protestant University. My Protestant professor said, we're talking about crosses versus crucifix. And um, he said, yeah, you Catholics focus a lot on the suffering of Jesus, just all about the suffering of Jesus. And I was like, yeah, because that's the proof of his love for us. And he was like, I don't know. I'm not sure about that. And um, I said, Professor, do you believe that God is timeless? He said, yes, absolutely. And I said, so I could pray for something now that happened a week ago, and God would know back then that I would be praying for it now. Is that right? He's like, oh, absolutely, definitely. I said, so if I would pray now that I was comforting Jesus and his passion 2,000 years ago, would Jesus know it then? that I was praying for him now. And he just stopped. And he looked at me and he said, he would. He would know that. And I said, we get to comfort Jesus and his passion. That's pretty awesome. He's like, yeah. And so this comes from the book, Consoling the Heart of Jesus by Father Mike- Michael Gately. And so how that's played out in my life is um, I suffer a lot of bladder and kidney issues. And I had a really bad kidney stone that was right in my ureter, trying to get in the ureter. And it couldn't get through. It was too large. And so my kidney was expanding and it was horrific pain. And we got to the hospital and they'd given me four painkillers and I was still screaming. And it was Christmas day, of course, and no urologist would come in on Christmas day to remove it. And they kept saying, oh, we'll get to you in the morning. And I was like, that's eight hours from now. I couldn't imagine going through that pain for five minutes, much less eight hours. And they'd given me every painkiller they could. I didn't touch it. And uh, I was just remembered. I, I was like trying to pray. And I remembered in our Lord's passion when he was being scourged at the pillar that the largest chunk of skin that was removed from his body during the scourging was that of his left side. And my left kidney was the one that was really, that that's where the pain was coming from. And I just united that pain. I was like, Jesus, I unite my pain to your pain and just offered it up as a fragrance. And it didn't make the pain go away. It didn't. But it gave it a purpose and allowed me to at least somehow not lose my mind while I was enduring it. And then they come into the hospital room and they said, the urologist changed his mind. He's coming. And they had me in surgery in an hour. And so then a miracle came out of that. And another story, when uh, I was delivering our 10th child, I was getting an epidural. I'm all about the epidural. You ladies who go without go for the pain, like God bless you. I'm not one of those people. I will for always choose not going through the pain. But my husband, I don't even know why, but it seems like in all our deliveries, he ends up like eating onions at some point in time when they right before they put the epidural in. So he's like on the other side of me, like staring in my face, breathing me onion breath. And I'm irritated anyway because I'm in pain and they're about to put that needle in my back and I can see my husband's eyes get really wide. He's always freaked out by the epidural because it's so like the needle's so long. And I was like, Lord, I unite my sacrifice to your sacrifice. And I visualize him being scourged at the pillar and the cat of nine tails digging into his back when they were putting that needle in. And he spoke to me. And he said, I got this. And I could feel the pressure of the epidural, but I felt no pain. 
he took it all. And so sometimes our sacrifice is offered up like a fragrance. And sometimes the Lord just takes it away. But we don't know how to do that, especially in times of crisis. We don't know how to do that unless we are uniting ourselves with him in prayer daily so that when we hit those moments of crisis, we've already have those prayer muscles formed. We've already visualized in him in his passion. We've like stuck our parents in there and, you know, like we know the way that the scourging happens. That visualization offers such powerful We have loved him and comforted him in his passion and felt his power that's come from that love so that when we go through our own sacrifices, we just call up on those visualizations that we've been doing every single day. Uh, Jesus spoke this to St. Teresa of Avila. I would create the universe again just to hear you say you love me. I would create the universe again just to hear you say you love me. That's how much your father loves you. He would create the universe again just to hear you say that you love him. So if you hear nothing else today, just hear that you are loved. And he wants you to pray so that he can give his love to you. Not another item on your to-do list, but actually a way for him to infuse his love into your life. This show is a production of the Spoke Street Media Podcast Network. For more great podcasts, visit SpokeStreet.com.